broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 43 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor. Maybe Damon at some point. Right now it's just Trevor and I. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on today's episode, including uh, I'm actually going to be buying a DVC resale contract, so we're going to talk about that. Got a little story about that. Uh, There's a new documentary series about Imagineering uh, that Disney just announced that we're going to talk about. Also, some new information about the Wreck-It Ralph VR experience. But before we do all that... We have a listener question. We like to start with listener questions. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead and, <laughs> right. uh, Trevor, if you don't mind reading uh, the, the letter we got from Paul. For sure, yeah. So, yeah. So, Paul here wrote to us. He said, first up, love your podcast. I started on episode 28 and now listening to them from episode one intermixed with the current episodes. Uh, that's cool. I, I, I like that he's bouncing back and forth. It, it, <laughs> I, yeah, just kind of. It's. I bet it's fun to listen to old episodes of us and just like oh, how yeah. wrong we are about certain things. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, just like <laughs> oh, those guys are idiots. They're way off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Paul goes on to say uh, apologies for the kind of controversial question, but I'm curious to hear about what you folks think about Disney restricting. 11-month booking windows to direct sales and all resales to seven months. Um, with more points, more people are trying for the popular times, With people, which people have been increasingly complaining about the inability to book seven months. Okay, this applies to mere mortals, not Damon, who can seemingly book anything last minute. <laughs> That's true. I like, I like that he added that. It's, I can't it's, wait for Damon to not to be able to book something. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what he gets. I don't know Absolutely, how he does Every it, time. Um, so, so again, Paul goes on to say, with two more large sets of DVC rooms being built, when do you expect Disney to restrict 11-month bookings to direct sales? The counter-argument is that treating direct sales and resale contracts the same for the booking window supports the ever-increasing price or per-point price in direct sales and is a selling point of the purchase. What are your thoughts? So, Lots um, of thoughts. Yeah, so I, I guess my first thing on this, I, I need to go back and read the contract, but I yep. feel like they actually have... It's not a matter of them being able to put a divide between resale and sale. I think it's just something baked into the contract itself, the same as points are, because it's the same thing, right? Like, like points, there's always a certain amount of points, yep. so they can't they can't ever take points away or they can't ever add points to a resort. It's a it's a predefined total amount of points, but the one thing they do have flexibility on is determining how many points it takes to to buy up a room right but sure but yeah. although the total points always stay the same in a given year they can just reallocate them depending exactly. on the season yeah and, and and i feel like i said i i would i'm sorry i wish i had actually gone and double checked this ahead of time and you know if uh anybody who's listening to this actually if you want to fact check on fact check us on this i feel that um i feel this is a contractual thing that they can't change it so I'm, I'm also betting it might be... I don't want to say it's a law that they have to... I would say it's a law maybe that they have to treat... I don't know. There's a lot of... I, I think if it were up to Disney that resales wouldn't be allowed at all. Like that they would do all the resales. But I think they have to allow resales by law. And yes. they could just take away certain little things, right? So they could take away the membership extras. Which I don't think the booking windows would be considered membership extras, right? Like that's... 
you're right though like it could be something stipulated in the contract too yeah and and actually i guess that may that may delve further into actual timeshare laws because i think that i think that's where that's coming from is that there is actual legislation around what they can and can't do with timeshares because that's effectively what dbc is is it's a timeshare so um well, let's pretend, though, I guess for a second yeah. that there isn't so, any of those restrictions, right? Yeah. So that aside, <laughs> let, let's go back to the actual question. Um, would I want to see? Would I want to see them set it so that you know only direct members could book eleven month, and only resales could book seven? Um, I don't. I don't see it actually making that big of a difference, honestly. Yeah, I, I, mean, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that, uh, so so to elaborate on that, is that um, it really comes down to to individual preference. I, I know for myself, and, and to, to Paul's comment about you know Damon being able to you know basically walk up and get a room because <laughs> he, it seems like he could just show up at the hotel and they would have something available for him. Um, <laughs> it does seem to be the way it happens yeah. for day. I mean, just yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 exaggerating, but yeah, it's, you're it's, barely. I mean, yeah. I, you're not exaggerating that much. <laughs> uh, you're just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So 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 where where Damon is, you know, very last minute. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Where, um, so I I've got a trip coming up in January, and I'm already thinking about my trip next year. So I'm I'm more than a year out for looking at my next trip. So for me, the eleventh month window. Um, is, you know, that's ideal for me. I always operate in that 11, 11 month, um, window just because of, of how I do my vacations, where I'm coming from. You know, it's, it's, um, uh, going from Canada to the U S for me far away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot it, of planning. So, yeah. So, so I put a lot more effort into it. There are a lot of people that, you know, are DVC owners that are direct owners that are, you know, in Damon's position. So I, I don't know if, uh, you know, if them saying, you know, oh, you know, direct members are only allowed to do 11 month. I mean, I, I feel that, you know, there were, the same people that are, take advantage of it now would still take advantage of it. Like, if that makes sense. I think I think he's just saying just restrict, like, don't allow the resale people to get 11 month. Allow the direct right. people to do whatever they want. Just not the not the resale people. They can only book in seven months, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I I think that would actually be worse, I guess, if that was the case. Yeah, yeah, because I kind of think so too. Yeah, because then, then you, like right now, it's you know, and, and so in my experience with with the times that I've booked rooms so far, it's been um, you know I, I booked eleven month. I did actually on my on my trip that I have coming up, I did actually change my room uh, around the seven month mark. Um, and that was because we, we talked about, you know, what we were going to do and we decided that we wanted to change from a standard view to a lake view at the Polynesian. And what I found was that, you know, at seven months, the, um, like four of the days were available. So I booked those four days and I left my original in, intact, which meant I, I ended up with a split stay for, for a short period of time. And then I waitlisted the rest of the days and they all kind of filled in over the next couple of weeks. Like it, it, yep. it eventually filled up that I got the whole thing, but what that just watching how that all played out, what that tells me is that, you know, people, 
and I think maybe this is a change in mentality, I guess, of people that uh, that do these bookings is that there's an expectation that you go in and you book and you will get exactly what you want at that point. But the reality is, is that there's not enough rooms like like the regardless of how many people are booking uh, through deep or who have bought through Disney Direct or are buying resale, the amount of rooms is still finite. And because of that, mm-hmm. you know, all these rooms do get booked up, you know, in the 11th month window. You know, the people that are very far out are already booking up all these rooms. And then the seventh month is when people kind of shift around, right? So, you know, booking at seven month, yeah, you know, it looks like everything's booked up. But w- when you actually go and do your booking, you find that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, these certain rooms become available for certain days. And, and, it, and yeah, it's a little more frustrating, I guess, because you, you do have to do that wait list thing and kind of, you know, book half your trip and then, you know, fill in the rest of the days as you go. But... I, I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, it's not that everything is absolutely booked up and that, you know, there's all these people that are just booking rooms arbitrarily and, you know, not freeing them up. It's, you know, people are changing their plans. You know, when you book that far out, you know, things change. People change their ideas. They cancel. They, you know, move rooms, move resorts, all that, all those kinds of things. So, I, I mean, I, I don't feel that, you know, restricting it to 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 direct versus non-direct is going to actually change anything. Well, and to your point, so I, I just booked my trip for next year, right? So I, I, I booked my week at uh, the first week of October at, uh, at Bay Lake, which is obviously my home resort. I have no intention of staying at Bay, of t- staying at Bay Lake. Not going to stay there. This is my backup reservation in case I can't get something else. I just wanted to have a reservation there, right? And so I'm going to cancel that at seven months and get what I really want and, you know, go go after that. I just, that was, you know, the place I was able to book at 11 months because that's where I own. So, you know, kind of to your point, I think a lot of people do that, you know, especially if you're staying at a resort that's not your home resort, a lot of people will just book whatever they can, you know, at 11 months and then book what they really want at seven months. And, you know, I, I mean, I have to be honest, and this is uh, probably going to be a controversial thing to say. I tend to feel like all the people that say, oh, it's so hard to get a reservation. I feel like a lot of it is overblown. And the reason I want to say that is because I I think what happens is when you dig into those types of situations, it's people that are trying to book very specific rooms that are there are not a lot of. And so what I mean by that is I just saw somebody in one of the groups the other day complaining. They were saying, oh, 11 months out and I couldn't get a, a standard view at Boardwalk. Well, yeah, there's like 13 standard view rooms at Boardwalk. It's yeah. like, you know, that's, that's the problem there, you know, and it's, 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 there's stuff like that that's going to come up. And I, I think, like you said, you need to have some flexibility, of course, but, and, you know, you can't necessarily expect to book something the next week before you go. But I mean, I've looked at that 60 day out thing. There's always rooms available, you know, and, and what happens is it's, you know, unfortunately a lot of people want to go during the same time of year, uh, you know, so it, it just, it's it's really hard for Disney to even out those visitors throughout the year. It's the same thing they're trying to do with park tickets, but they can't really seem to you know be able to make the DVC members spread out throughout the year because if yeah. they did, there would be more availability for everybody, right? So yeah, and and you're right actually. That's I, I guess that's the other side of it. Is, you know, we're I'm thinking about you know in just you know the week that I'm booking it is you know there is a certain amount of rooms, but yeah, the reality is is you know people want to go. You know, they want to go to a Halloween party. They want to go to Christmas. There's a reason. Food that and when, wine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When when you look at, you know, the point charts, 
there's a reason why certain weeks are classified with you know at higher points than other weeks that's because they know that those weeks are busy because of holidays and stuff like that. So, and, and I guess that does attribute to part of the, you know, the, the stuff you see about, you know, I can't book this particular room seven months out. Well, yeah, because seven months from now is, you know, for example, Christmas or whatever, right? Exactly. Like, like, yeah, that, that does make sense because, you know, that is a very busy time of year and anybody who wants to go there is booking at 11 months out. And, and I guess, further to that is you know kind of the same way you're approaching it and the same way that i approach it is you know start off by you know book your home resort at 11 months if, if you really want to be in disney at a particular time you start by booking at 11 months because you know that at least you know regardless of anything else you know you have a room and i, I think that's exactly. the thing that that people exactly. yeah that's the thing that people don't you know they, they they look at you know i want the whole package i want you know everything to be, you know, I get my room, I get my tickets, I get the, like, like they want it all, you know, in one shot. Right. And, and I've, I've learned this, you know, you, you can't do it all in one shot and, and, you know, start with the first things, you know, have a room at least say, you know, yeah, I got a room, you know, if it's at Saratoga Springs, it's at Saratoga Springs, but I got a room. And, exactly, and and it, you yeah. know what? If I can't get another room, I wanted seven months, which honestly is unlikely. I mean, even if I have to waitlist something within seven months, I'm gonna get what I want. I mean, yeah. the odds are very good that I'm gonna and, get what I want. And even like, I'll admit that. So my experience was, like I said, you know, I'll use myself as an example: is that I booked a standard view poly at eleven months because I didn't think about. It. I didn't think at the time, you know, I would want to do a lake view. And then we went on our trip and we got back and it was like, okay, I actually do kind of want a lake view. So, <laughs> so we, uh, um, so then, yeah. That we, view is we, important. That's really important. Well, I mean, well yeah, it, it, is. it is. It is. Yeah. Th- that's actually how it happened was that, so we, we, bu- I booked it for next January. I actually booked it, you know, last February, but then I, you know, I'm, I went and I did my trip in May and we were there and that was my first time actually staying at the poly. So my first time at my home resort and we saw, you know, we saw everything that you like was like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is a good reason to book, you know, the Lakeview room. And so we went back home. We, you know, I molded around for, it was about, yeah, I think, I think it was, uh, July was when my seven month window came up. So, so yeah, then all of a sudden July, I was like, okay, you know, maybe we should look at, you know, booking the, the, the Lakeview room. So, I went to go and switch and, you know, lo and behold, I went and I looked and it's like, oh, they don't have the the room that I want for the full stay. And and initially I had that freak out moment. I admit I did have that, you know, you know, I was like, oh my God, I can't like, like I can't do <laughs> I this. Can't and get so, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then I did, you know, I, I was like, well, I'll book, you know, the four days. And then, and then I got into a little bit of a, of a panic because I was like, well, now we've got a split stay, which, you know, it wasn't that bad because it's you know it's still at the same resort but you know still sure. the idea of you know you know picking up and moving to another room in right in the middle wasn't what we wanted to do it's just of course yeah yeah it, it just didn't make a lot of sense and so i was you know panicked and you know I was, I was like you know watching i was watching the you know the bookings every day you know seeing if maybe something came up before you know i saw or before my waitlist grabbed it and but lo and behold, all of a sudden, you know, I wake up and it's like, oh, you know, you got this day. Oh, you got the next day. And then, and then, you know, eventually I got the whole booking that I wanted. But it, it, it's that patience factor, I think, that that makes it sure, hard yeah. for people. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So, so like I said, you know, in, in all of this, it's, it's very, um, like I said, it's a, it's a change in how you do your, your bookings. It's a change in how you do your vacations. And I think that's the larger issue that people have with the whole seven month, 11 month, you know, things being booked up and all that kind of stuff. And and yeah, yeah, it's, I agree. And again, you know, this is, I guess we should, you know, again, remind everybody, you know, this is just our opinions on this. We're not, you know, experts on this by any means, but I I think, you know, I, I learned this year, you know, you know, the, the one thing that I see about all those people that, you know, get upset about not getting what they want is that there is definitely a lack of patience there. Sure. So <laughs> Paul, don't get angry yeah. at us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, we're, we're just, we're sharing yeah, our yeah. thoughts, right? So, well, yeah, yeah. And I, but I also think too, I, I think people also don't realize that more hotels and more points in the system actually means more availability for all of us. Um, because you know, Disney, first of all, they're not always selling all of these points. So there's, you know, there's points available at places and points represent, you know, weeks of rooms and things like that. So, um, you know, given they do them in pieces where they release rooms, you know, as, as they sell them, but it, the more resorts and the more rooms means more availability for all of us. It's, it's not a bad thing to add members and add points to the system and add hotel rooms to the system. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and there's some people that are smarter than me about DVC that will tell you the same thing. It's it's definitely not a bad thing uh, to have those other resorts out there. Uh, it's it's going to help everybody to have the Riviera and to have the the Wilderness one that they're going to build. All of those are good things for all of us to to have more availability and more choices, and hopefully some more. Res- I mean, uh, you know, room styles and things like that. And and room, you know, there's been a rumor that uh, the Riviera is going to have more studios. Uh, yeah. than, than most of the resorts do. It's going to have a higher uh, volume of studios. That's, I mean, I think that's DVC listening to feedback, if that's true. Um, because, you know, a lot of people have... A, that's where most people complain. You don't. You almost never hear people complain. It's like, oh, I can't get a two-bedroom. It's always they can't get a studio. You know, yes. like that. that's always the issue, right? Is that you can't get a studio. And because, obviously, that's the most popular room choice. But And, and because it's obviously the cheapest, too. So I, I think that'll change things. Now, we should probably answer his actual question. Should Disney do this or will they do it? I personally don't think that they should. Um, as someone who's about to buy a resale contract, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but um, I, I would hate to have that as, as a restriction there. And I, I think you would... If Disney did do that, I think... I don't know how much it would really affect the resale market that's out there. I, I, I would love to talk to Nick about this from, uh, from our sponsor, uh, DVC Resale Market, but I don't think it would affect it that much because getting rid of all the membership, uh, like the membership extras... I don't think of really effective resale all that much from what I can tell. They still have a really good value proposition. Um, yeah. But but I don't think Disney will do this. I don't I don't think that they have that much of an incentive to do it. Um, I, I think they're happy that their hotels are filled. I don't think that they get as many complaints about people not being able to book as, as people think. I, I think for the most part, most people are happy. Yeah. And, and I guess, yeah, further to that is this is... I, I'm of the same opinion, but my thinking is, you know, if, if they did start restricting it to the point where, you know, resale was not attractive at all, then all of a sudden you've got people potentially abandoning contracts, you know, trying to sell them. Yep. And then, you know, either, you know, they, I mean, I don't even know if you could walk away from a contract like this, but, but all of a sudden, you know, people are not using those contracts. That's bad for Disney as well. The, the, yeah. You know, not having people 
use these things, all of a sudden it becomes harder to convince people to buy them. So it's really not in their best interest to do something like this, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And listen, I understand. Like, I'm not. We're not ragging on people here that complain about not being able to get rooms. I get it. I, like, it's it's a frustrating thing when you can't get, can't get the room you're looking for. I get that, especially for those of us that are not. Because uh, there are a lot of people that can't plan really far in advance. You know, there are some people that, uh, you know, can't figure out when they can take off of work until like a month beforehand. So I get that. Um, but I, I think that's also part of knowing what you're buying before you buy it. Right? Is <laughs> DVC is not something you can really book last minute uh, and and get whatever you want. And I think that's something you should probably know going in before you buy. You know? Yeah. And actually, so. Um, to highlight that when I was going through the process with my, uh, with my DVC rep, um, we talked about this. Like he actually, he, he asked us, you know, how, like, how do you do your vacations? What are your thoughts on this and all that and all that? And, and he said, you know, specifically with our size of family, he said, um, and so at the time, Poly was Polynesian was still being sold through direct they hadn't finished selling off all the contracts yet um we actually originally wanted to buy at the grand californian and he turned us off of that because we were were thinking you know well you know we'd want to go to disneyland and then you know maybe go to disney world and he said you know you know you may actually be better off looking at disney world because getting into disneyland is extremely difficult because there is so many or there's so little rooms so few rooms yeah Yeah, and and then he also further said to us you know the kind of the same thing you said is you know because my family in particular it's it's small you know there's there's three of us so um we would be booking booking a studio a lot of the times and he he said you know some of the resorts um they don't have a lot of studios and he said you know the the thing about the poly is that it's pretty much all studios except for the bungalows so So that makes a lot more sense for us or for my family situation than, you know, versus someone like Damon, who, you know, he's he's looking at one bedrooms and whatnot because he does have a larger family. So that's Which what makes sense. Yeah. We always joke about him getting whatever he wants. That's because he's always booking something that's not a studio. Honestly, yes. that's why he can always get a room is because he's always booking something that's not a studio. I honestly think that the vast majority of the complaints come from people that are trying to book studios. Well, and I get it. Studios are in short supply. I get it. Yeah, and and, and th- this is kind of so. Uh, my thinking on this is, um, I, I know th- th- this is going to sound, you know, or it's not going to make sense to some people, and and that's totally fair because it's just you know, my my thinking on these things is you know, I'm always trying to go where the crowd is not. I guess. So <laughs> you mean during the time of year or d- just in general? Like, well, all, so, so this is an all around thing, actually, you know, the, the time of year that yeah, I go, yeah, I, I, I deliberately try to make sure that I go when, you know, crowds are low. I try to make sure that I, I'm not going around, you know, specific holidays. I, I do like, it doesn't always happen that way, but you know, I do my best, my best to try and avoid, you know, going during the typical busy times of year. Uh, as far as, um, as you know, booking, or, you know, going places to go. Um, I'm not looking Pandora. at, <laughs> sorry. You avoided Pandora. The first yeah. two, like two trips you went. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the same thing is, you know, when we're actually in the parks, I'm, I, I'm not the first person in line to, to get on flight of passage. I'm not going to be in star Wars land right after it opens either because same reason, you know, I don't want to be part of that, that, 
craziness. So I'm always going, you know, somewhere else. And I think, I think that's the thing for a lot of people is, you know, everyone, you know, you think about, well, you know, I really want to go to um, boardwalk, right. But you know, you, you want to go to boardwalk, but you know, everybody else wants to go to boardwalk too. And so all those rooms are getting booked up. So, so you either, you know, have to change your plan and, you know, you know, tell yourself, you know, there's, you know, maybe I go to beach club instead because beach club is, you know, it's in that same area. It's not boardwalk, but it's close enough. It gets you to Epcot. It gets you, you know, that same kind that of same feel. general area. It's right across yeah. the, the way there. Uh, but, you know, but you always hear about people, you know, focusing on boardwalk. So, so that's maybe kind of the thought too, is, you know, you know, you have to kind of change your thinking about like, if, if you know, something is popular and, and, you know, you're excited about it, chances are there's a whole bunch of other people that are excited about it as well. So you either have to be prepared yeah. to fight for it. Or you have to learn how to, you know, go around it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I hope that helps, Paul. I, I appreciate the We appreciate the email for sure. And we appreciate that you listen. Uh, I think I think it's a good question. I think it's an interesting question to be talked about. But um, I, I just I don't see it benefiting uh, Disney slash DVC. Well, let's be honest. Like, DVC is technically a separate entity from Disney. But, you know, obviously they're very related so um but i just don't see dvc really doing this but i mean I, I you know it's it's an interesting idea and it's frankly the first time i've ever heard anybody bring that up even in all the dvc groups i'm in i've never heard somebody actually say that so yeah, that was an interesting thought yeah it, and i mean i think i think it brought out a lot of good discussion here about yeah. you know how i i think it speaks to the larger the larger question of you know not just you know the booking windows but how are you actually using your dvc membership right exactly yeah yeah well and i you know i don't know about you but i stalk my wait lists and what i mean by that is i don't <laughs> wait for the wait list to pick it up i will like if i'm waiting for a room i will check that availability tool 10 times in a day i don't care i'll keep checking it keep checking keep checking keep checking because i've gotten it before where it's popped up and i ha- and it didn't process through the wait list yet and i just went and grabbed it so yeah, you know and- I'm, that's how i am but but you know, I tried to do that, but my the rest of my life didn't allow me to do that because I was busy. So, but but the thing what are, was, what are, you, what are you implying, Trevor? That I'm not busy? I don't. <laughs> well, extenuating circumstances. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, I I think that was a good discussion. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I hope Paul that uh, yeah, like I said, if he, if he's got any more comments on this, um, and again, not just for Paul, for anybody else that's listening to this, you know. You know, let's hear your guys' thoughts on on some of this stuff. You know, we did we did get a follow up from Paul too. I, I responded to his initial email, oh, and he did okay. and he did follow up. And I, I did want to uh, I I didn't say what we were going to talk about, but I, he did make me laugh because he said uh, several family and friends are considering either adding or on or becoming members. And this was asked. Everyone at the table went, "Hmm, that'd be an interesting twist," and uh, and how that would and change how some would add on. As I quoted you guys throughout last week's WDW visit, and I and I got asked to quote ask the DVC podcast guys, so I just had to read that because I, I like that we're the DVC podcast guys. That just makes me laugh. Aww. So I appreciate that, uh, Paul. That's uh, we, you can keep calling us that. We're cool. We're cool with that with that title. Yeah. So, <laughs> so next uh, next thing on here, I kind of teased this in the in the opening thing here. So I uh, said to my wife the other day that I well I felt like we were ready to to buy another contract right so 
we and and this is funny because this that this topic came up from Paul because you know we decided a while ago that we were going to buy a resale contract, and of course you know we we uh, we work really well with DVC resale market and I, I've been joking but serious that I've been stalking the app and I have been I've been I've been stalking that app for a while trying to find the right contract and it's funny because for a while my wife and I were talking about um, Saratoga Springs because if you look at like the best value and you know on um, on the DVC resale uh, website they have uh, they, they do uh, every quarter they do like the best value based on like how many years are left so like they do it by like dollars per year and come up with a number that's the the most economical right and so Saratoga is always at the top of that list and the other day I had kind of decided I was like you know what I, I kind of want to buy an animal kingdom because it, it's got like I think it has 36 years left on it or 39 mm-hmm. years so it might be 39 years and you know it's still a lot of time and I, I someone's gonna kill me if I got that wrong but it's got it's got 30 some years left on it and I was like I'll Enough. be in my <laughs> late I'll be in my late it's 36 years because I think I, I'm gonna be like 80 or, or or older when that happens yeah so I'm like okay so that's plenty of time right so and I was like you know what we really we've stayed at Animal Kingdom like two or three times we love it every time we stay there and we've got a young kid and I, uh, hopefully she doesn't hate animals or else we're screwed but <laughs> <laughs> that's the only gamble we're taking here is that she likes animals so let's hope that she does but we're thinking you know I, so I had in my mind made the decision I was like you know what forget Saratoga let's just look at Animal Kingdom and I said to, I said to my wife like a week later I was like I was like, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for some contracts. And she goes, you know what? I'm thinking we should buy an Animal Kingdom. And I was like, this is why I married you. This is, <laughs> this is, we're on the same wavelength on this. So long story short, stock in the app and a 110-point contract at Animal Kingdom popped up. Um, and so I jumped on it. And you say 41 years? Is that what you're telling me, Trevor? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt your, is it really? your story. Yeah, I thought it was thirty six, but okay, I'm losing my mind apparently. Oh, oh wait, sorry, sorry, you're right. It's thirty nine. I had I didn't. It was thirty nine. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My uh, bad. I was looking at an old post. <laughs> we we just were talking about how we're the DVC podcast guys. We're supposed to be experts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't keep these numbers in the back of my head though. Me, neither do I. Even yeah. though I'm buying this contract, but anyway, yeah. I, what's a couple years here and there? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Um, Basically, it was a uh, hundred and fifteen points a contra- uh, per per point, um, hundred fifteen dollars per point. I'm sorry, uh, hundred and ten points. Uh, I, I so I, I text my wife and, and it was the use year. So my use year is March, um, but the use year on this one was April, and I was really wanting to do the same use year, um, but this one was April, and I'm like, you know what? It's close enough. It's hundred and ten points. So I throw in an offer of hundred and ten on there. About five minutes later, I get a call from Nick Cotton because you can choose on DVC Resale Market who you want to work with. And no offense to uh, Derek and... Um, do you remember what her name was? <laughs> I believe it's Marissa. Marissa. I wanted to yes. say Melissa, and I was I was no. like, that's wrong. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, so I picked Nick, and Nick calls me five minutes later, and he's like, uh, yeah, so they accepted your offer. And I'm like, what? I, I was like, I was thinking this was going to take like weeks and, you know, or at least a week and not going to happen right away like that, but it did. Um, so, you know, just to, for those of you out there that haven't done this before, it's kind of an eye opening process because, you know, I, I have my original points, but I've never bought more points. This is kind of a new experience, you know? And truthfully, I don't remember my buying experience when I bought the direct points because it was a while ago now. So, the first thing we had to, you know, obviously there's the paperwork you got to fill out and all that stuff. But one of the things Nick told me, and I feel like, 
I feel like I should have known this. I, and I, this is this made me feel really dumb that I do a DVC podcast. And I didn't know this, but because the use years are different, I get I'm going to have a separate membership number for it. Did you know oh. that? Yeah. So Nick tells me that, and I'm like, oh, it's like I didn't know that that was how that happened. You know, right? I mean, why would I? I hadn't bought add-on points, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners right now that are going, "Yeah, dummy, I, you know, you should know that." But what that means, and I was like, "Oh, that okay." Well, what does that mean for me? And he was basically like, "Well, when you want to book anything, if you want to use points from the other contract, you have to transfer the points from that membership to the other membership." Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. They, so, so they so they just treat it as if they're it's two separate people. Exactly. Dealing with each other. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, okay, well, that's minorly a pain, I guess. I But I, it wasn't enough to... Because he... To, to Nick's credit, and this was... I appreciate that he did this. He explained all that to me before I went through and purchased the, pro, the, the, the contract. Because I, if I would have just done it, I would have had no idea. And I would have been like, wait a second. This is a... You know, I didn't know that I had to do with, deal with this. He explained the whole thing. This is real, and this is by the way. This is not just me propping up our sponsor. I'm just wanting to explain to you, uh, you know, my experience I had because it's great. And and so he explained all, how all that works, and you know, kind of how how I would have to manage my contract. And I was like, so what do you recommend? Is like, do a lot of people have different use shares? He's like, I've got a bunch of contracts that have different use shares. Not a big deal. He's like, if you know what you're doing, it's not a big deal. So I thought that was a good information because I didn't know that. I mean, I, so I mean, some of our listeners out there probably are looking to add on, and they don't know either. So, I don't know. If I, did you know that, Trevor? I I didn't know that, but it, like it, like you said, you know, now that you now that you're talking about it, it absolutely does make sense. Yeah, it and, does. And so, like, even for myself, is you know, we we are you know, I, eyeing up more points, and we're we're going to go the same path. We're going to buy resale, um, yep. but I'm so just for my own sanity, I'm really trying to make sure that I stay within the same use year. Yeah. And that's purely just out of convenience for me. But again, you know, I, I guess if I was looking, like you said, like if if you've got multiple contracts, you know, yeah, you know, trying to line everything up with the same user, it might actually be more of a hassle than you know, just you know, you can still see everything on the website. You can you know go and do all the point transferring and everything. So that's yeah, and that's the thing. And I, I said to him, I can still have the same login and have everything under the same login, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like that. That'll all still work just fine. It's like he's just like it'll just be two separate membership IDs. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. But so now, uh, you know, you got you do a bunch of paperwork, you know, the standard, you know, stuff. And then now I'm in that right of first refusal process, and I have to tell you, I've been freaking out a little bit because I, I you know, again, Nick uh, po- posts on DVC Resale Market. Uh, the most bought back resorts, like they post how many contracts get bought back by Disney and uh, Animal Kingdom's up there. It's like two or three on his list. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. man, they better not buy this contract back. I'm going to be so mad. Um, but, but I mean, if they do, they do. And then you start the process over again. But uh, so far, it's been a great experience. I just now it's just the waiting game for me. So, yeah. But I wanted to share that because I, I learned something new, and I think it's kind of cool. And I, I, I'm, you know, rarely do I learn something new on the show unless we have the people from DVC on, uh, and they always teach us something new. I swear on the show about the contracts that we own. So, yeah, so, yeah. and and I, I think uh, so. As far as right of first refusal goes, um, I, I've heard a little bit of expanded information on that. Just yeah. um, so 
yeah, the, the reasons that people buy right at first or that or that sorry, Disney buys back the contracts is you know they've got somebody that's wanting to buy direct, so they'll just you know buy back a contract and then sell it to somebody else, or mm-hmm. if the price is too low, right? So, yep. so I I guess my only question to you is you know for the cost of this contract, do you feel that? Do you feel you're getting a steal of a deal on it, or do you feel that it's reasonable? Yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> question. So yeah. I looked at the average price, the average selling price for Animal Kingdom, because he also posts that too, and it was about I think it was like one thirteen over the past couple months. So I'm I, I I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a good deal, right? But I I'm and I am a little concerned that they're going to buy this back just because I feel like I feel like one ten a point is pretty good. Considering that I think DVC if, would sell this direct at like one seventy six a point, so it's 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 a pretty good deal I think. So I, I'm a little concerned about that. Right. Well, so, yeah. I, we'll I mean, see. We'll yeah, see. I, I I do really hope it goes through for you, but you know Thank maybe you. maybe you need to you know like offer up a, a Mickey premium bar to the DVC <laughs> gods or something as as uh, yeah. I, I need to I need to <laughs> sacrifice a, a, a Mickey a Mickey bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe well, maybe that works. I don't know. Maybe maybe that will appease the the buyback the, the DVC gods. gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to go throw my figment uh, my figment uh, Funko Pop into a, a volcano, and then uh, then the DVC gods will give yeah, give yeah. me give me my contract. Well, no, no. You, you build a little shrine, is what you do. You, okay, I can do that. Build, build a little shrine, and you know, every day you, you say, please, please let my please let my contract <laughs> go through. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to yeah. do that. Uh, yeah, so I and it's a long waiting process too. So they tell they tell you up front it takes between like fifty and eighty days to do the whole process because Disney takes their sweet old time. They take like at least like a month or like thirty days to uh, do the right of first refusal, and then after that's done, you know, if you get through it, then then it's another couple weeks till closing. So the whole process takes anywhere from like fifty to eighty days. Wow. So yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't really think about that because when I bought direct, I think the whole thing for us took about thirty days start to finish so. yeah it's i think it's a lot i mean it is i don't think it's a lot faster it's a lot faster because yeah. all you're doing is the closing part you're not doing the waiting on the right of first refusal but right. is waiting a month worth you know 110 point uh, 110 per point as opposed to 176 per point yeah i'll take it yeah exactly yeah <laughs> patience, and so. like i said i'm i'm i i i really want to hear how this turns out because like i said you know next year we're going to be looking at buying more points ourselves so so this will all be good information. And again, I hope that, you know, as we go through it, you know, we'll, I, I hope that our experience, you know, we, we see some different things because I would love to, you know, share that back to, to, to the podcast here yeah. so that we can, you know, give people a better idea of, you know, what actually happens when you go through these contracts. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an important thing is, you know, to, to share this kind of thing with people because, you know, it, it, Everybody's gonna have a different experience, but I, I think it's important to really know, um, you know, it, just kind of what the process looks like and how how it all works. Yeah, but yeah. Like I said, stay tuned, everyone. We'll uh, <laughs> let's see how Tom does with uh, yeah offering to the DVC gods. <laughs> yes, let's let's hope so. I, I hope yeah. this contract goes through. I also think it's weird that it's 110 points. I've seen some weird con like 66 points and like like where are people getting these weird point amounts? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't understand it. Like, I, I actually, they were all rounded off, like 150, and yeah, I yeah, saw I one for 44 points. I was yeah, like, where, where does that come from? Yeah, how do you how do you get 44 points? But well, so actually, yeah, I guess maybe somebody you know 
somebody explain to us how that works. Like, it, yeah. why why would you look at buying a very specific number of points? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I think this but, is a perfect lead in to our friends at DVC Resale Market, our our sponsors yes. and our friends over there. So, yeah. So, as you guys know, you know DVC Resale Market, they've been friends of ours for a while. You know, they they do they they have been helping to sponsor our podcast. Uh, DVC Resale Market is the leader in the DVC resale industry with eleven former Disney Vacation Club guides and two former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. If you're thinking of buying DVC. Browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. If you're thinking of selling, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market with over 98% of listings selling within 30 days and over 2,400 contracts that were sold in 2017 alone. Uh, if you want to go to their website, that's dvcresalemarket.com, or you can call them at one eight four four DVC Pros, which is three eight two seven seven six seven. Let them know that uh, Welcome Home sent you. You know they they love to hear that you know you guys are reaching out to them from us, and we love to hear that too. I mean, we we think it's a great partnership, and we love to hear that you know people are getting in contact with them. Again, uh, that's dvcresellmarket.com or one eight four four DVC Pros. Great, yeah, yeah. Please check them out. Like I said, they're they're great, and they've been good to me so far uh, with this contract. So, and and they're our friends and sponsors. So we we if you support the show, support the people that support us. We appreciate that. Yeah, and so, they're super nice. They deserve it. Yeah, so. they really they really are super nice. <laughs> yeah. So I am super pumped about what we're about to talk about. I have, yes, I have not been, and we never talk about like the TV stuff unless Damon's here because it's we're a parks podcast for the most part. But I think this kind of has to do with parks, right? Mm-hmm. So Disney last week, or I guess this week, depending on how you, when you listen to this, um, announced uh, the name of their new streaming service, which you know has been talked about for a while. It's going to be called Disney Plus. But along with that, they named uh, they uh, talked about a lot of the original programming that they're going to do. And one of the things that they put out there is that they are going to do a docu series uh, that is a behind the scenes look of Imagineering. And man, am I excited for that! <laughs> I I will watch. I will binge watch that whole thing if that's the way they're going to do it. The second it comes out, so, yeah, right. Yeah, I oh, mean, the, yeah. The, the the thing is, is you know, I I, I think I, I'm kind of like you. You know, whenever you know certain movies come out that have you know, like like they'll show like you know behind the scenes footage and stuff like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. you know some Disney movies they'll even you know they'll do some Disney park stuff. Like they'll show, you know, like haunted mansion or Pandora and stuff like that. I love seeing those little tidbits. Right. And you know, a whole TV show of this, like you're right. It's very, it's very easy to just, you know, sit down and, you know, watch this for a couple of days straight. (laughs) Well, and uh, totally. And that's, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they're doing this, but I'm glad they're doing it. I think it'll be really cool because I think sometimes, you know, you see people all the time that do like the armchair imagineering where they're like, well, if I were in charge, I would have. Yeah, well, we do it. (laughs) You know, that's true. I'm criticizing everybody, uh, (laughs) including us. Um, But, you know, we do that all the time. And I think a lot of times when we, you know, when people complain about certain things, it's like, well, maybe that just wasn't realistic. Maybe that wasn't in the budget or maybe it wasn't possible or maybe it didn't make sense for this reason, that reason. I think this will help people understand a little bit more how this how this process works. I think it'll make people appreciate the little things a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, I think with some things in the parks, I think people just like, okay, this is a... You know, we go on Seven Dwarves and it's just a roller coaster. It's like, well, yeah, but like it's a mountain that they built in the middle of the park. 
and it's yep. really pretty. And they had to build mm-hmm. a roller coaster inside a mountain. And I mean, it's these things are. I think we take it for granted because it's so. Um, it, it's just so prevalent in the parks, and it, it you just kind of get used to it. But I, I'm just I. There are certain things that I go on that are not even like. Okay, so every time we go to to Magic Kingdom, we go to um, Bell's Enchanted Tales, and you know why? It's a kids' show, right? It's just my wife and I. But we go because it has some of the coolest stuff in it. I don't know if you've ever have you ever done that one. We haven't actually, and part of that is because I have a ten year old boy and trying to convince him. Not interested, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's but just if he's not in, happening. Yeah. If he's into like technology stuff, though, like oh yeah, it has. I swear to you, maybe three of the coolest things I've ever seen Disney do. Like just in that one little attraction, like just with the there's uh, there's a in the be- I don't want to spoil the anything. The projection mapping and yeah, all but of those just things, yeah. in the beginning, like you're just standing in a room and there's a mirror on the wall, and then the mirror turns into a door. And you, if you're watching it, you can see how it how it happens, but it's still crazy cool. Yeah. So I mean, it's stuff like that. I, I think people don't appreciate it as much as they should, and I, I think a, a show like this is going to be awesome, and I'm, I'm just... I'm really excited about it. I I, I was going to subscribe to this already, but if I wasn't going to, this would have made me subscribe to it. Well, so um, to add on to the, the subscription part, so oh. one thing that I'm hoping for, and, and you know, any other Canadians that are listening to this, you know, maybe we all need to... We need to try and figure out how to make sure that this service comes to Canada, because I know, like... Like in Canada, Netflix has they have a lot of licensing challenges, so so they have to get things licensed in Canada the same as they do in the U.S. But they get like a fraction of the things licensed in Canada because there's other competing companies that are stopping them from broadcasting these things. I really hope that Disney is able to, you know, bring this service here and for us to to be able to, you know, watch these shows. So that that's the first thing is that you know. You know, I, I want to be part of it. I want to subscribe to the service as well. And, you know, if Disney, if you're listening, you know, hey, don't forget about Canada, please. <laughs> well, um, we, we do have a fair amount of yeah. Canadian listeners. So you guys need to band together and, uh, yeah. and tell Disney that this needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. So 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 that's the first thing. Secondly, um, as you were you, you were talking about all that, I realized, you know, um, I don't know. Did you watch the uh, there was a special on before Halloween about. Um, it was showing about how yeah. they they did all the behind the scenes on you know decorating you know, Disney or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and you know I, I hope that the this show is kind of on the same level as that because I learned a ton of stuff about that. And, and it was yep. they they taught they touched on Disneyland and Disney World specifically. There was a story from one of the uh, one of the cast members in Disneyland that he was he's been uh, um, part of their uh, their food prep. Uh, services for yes. like 30 years saw that yeah and and he like, and, you and know, they he does made like, him that cake like yeah and everything and and, the, and how he does like a hidden mickey on the gingerbread house in the haunted mansion which by the way if you have not seen the gingerbread houses they do in the haunted mansion like i've i've been at there disneyland let's yeah. qualify that disneyland yeah. yeah at the disneyland haunted mansion for the nightmare before christmas those gingerbread houses are amazing and and being able to see what they do to, to make that kind of stuff. That's what I want to see out of this documentary series is, you know, all the effort that goes in all the little, you know, the, the, the soul, I guess you could call of it that, you yeah, know, the, yeah. that, that the personal touch that all the yeah. Imagineers put on these things. Exactly. I, and, and I really hope that that's what this, the show turns out to be because that would just, you know, 
that would totally sell it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like I, I agree with you. I hope it even goes deeper than that, like where they go really deep. Because I, I want to see the design of these things, like who came up with these things, you know. And, and, but you got some of that in there, but I, I want to see even more, you know, I guess. Uh, but that thing, by the way, I, I was blown away. I, I, I was watching this with my wife, and I'm like, wait, they use real gingerbread in there? Like, why don't they mm-hmm. just build a fake gingerbread house? And no one can get close to it. But no, they make a real gingerbread house and put it in there. I, I was blown every away by year. that. And and it's different. Like it's so different every year, and it's so cool. <laughs> it also seemed incredibly impossible to put that thing in there. Uh, I was like terrified watching this because they mm-hmm. ma- they bake it off site, and then they have to get it into the haunted mansion, and they have to get it through all these like little tiny corridors. And I'm like, oh man, I just don't want them to drop it. Like I know they know what they're doing. They've done it a million times, but. I, it was giving me an anxiety attack watching the thing. I was like, oh, this, this cake falls. I'm going to feel so bad for this dude. Yeah. But, but no, I'm, I'm super psyched about this. I, 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 I love the behind the scenes tours. Like I, we, my wife and I have done so many behind the scenes tours because this is the exact kind of stuff that we like. We like to know what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, even if it, I don't think it ruins the magic so much for me, I think it kind of adds to the magic in my mind. Yeah. And I, I agree is that, you know, when I, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a magic trick, I guess, to me is, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you see someone perform magic, you know, I, I very much, you know, I will be totally involved in the magic that is going on in front of me. But when I understand what's going on as well, like I, I have learned a bit of magic over the years. Like I understand how people, you know, you know, palm cards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, y- you start to like you, you appreciate the magic, but then you also appreciate the technical or the skill of the person doing that magic. Right. And and I think that's what this series could really be is, you know, this will showcase the skill that these people have to, you know, bring these things to life and to put these things in. And then also, you know, when you go back and like you said, you know, seven dwarfs mind train is a great example of, you know, you get on that ride. If you're not looking around, like there is, there's tons of little, yeah, there's little bits and pieces everywhere that you totally miss because, you know, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting on this roller coaster, right? But exactly. But they they put so much work into it that you know maybe you know 99 people won't see, but that one person will see, and they will you know they'll point out and be like, oh you know look at that, I I caught that reference, or I caught you know the hidden Mickey or whatever, right? And I mean that that's what's fun, that's what's great about Imagineering, right? So another great example of that is uh, the Little Mermaid ride. Oh the uh, are you talking about the um, the one the July in New Fantasyland? The, the July thirteenth is it July thirteenth that there's um there's a hidden Mickey that is only visible on like one or two days of the year. Oh yeah, but I, I just mean that queue line for that is so detailed. Oh, and so yeah. filled. <laughs> I like it. That's I just meant that. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess for for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, so so in the queue for Little Mermaid, they they specifically set up there's a certain rock formation that when the sun is at a particular position it will actually shine a hidden mickey on one of the walls but because of how because of how the sun moves in the sky it's only visible for a certain time of the year and i'm pretty sure it's in the summer but yeah i don't know the exact date but i know what you're talking about yeah but yeah, but again, that's crazy, right? That you know they would crazy. Somebody would go to that effort for something that you would only see, you know, one or two days of the year. But you know, somebody who happens to be standing in that line at that time, you know, sees, you know, a hidden Mickey on the wall made from sunlight. Like it's that's so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just excited about it. I can't wait for this service to launch. I'm just, I'm psyched. There's going to be so much cool stuff on it. And the, the original programming that they've announced sounds amazing too. So yeah. Yeah. More monsters, Inc. Stuff like that. Like I, I hope that this means, you know, I, I think, you know, you, me and Damon have all said, you know, there's, there's some shows out there that we feel don't get enough love. Sure. And I'm hoping that this is a good reason for them to, you know, start exploring, some of the lesser known stuff again, right? Because they can, you know, offer it up on their service. If I can expose my kid to the original DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and, you know, um, Tailspin, all that stuff, if that's all on there, I'm going to be super psyched. I went the other way and bought the DVD sets. <laughs> you could do that too. Yeah, you could do that too. But, but no, yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Um, so you want to, do you want to talk about this Wreck-It Ralph thing? Yes, I do. Because, uh, what I got to know if Bunny, you're going to do it. I gotta Bunny know. gets the pancake. <laughs> is that, is that the <laughs> Didn't we guess that the, that's what it was going to be? Although it does I, seem slightly different. So, it, well, yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So th- they've released a little bit more detail on the Wreck-It Ralph VR experience at the Void. Um, so I guess it opens November 21st, the same day as the movie. Um, Makes sense. The, yeah. The the general description is. Uh, no trip with our favorite misfit friends will be complete without a bit of mischief. So we are excited to reveal that fans will get to have a chance at the ultimate food fight in the Pancake Milkshake Diner, battling hordes of evil kitties and bunnies who share one goal, destroy you and your team with flying cupcakes. So th- <laughs> this is this is that scene that, if you've watched the trailers, where Ralph keeps feeding the bunny the pancakes, and the bunny Until eventually... The bunny- explodes right until the buddy you know we assume explodes yeah yes yeah so i think i i think that's hilarious i think you know it it sounds like you know it'll be like you know things coming at you from all directions and you know having to get out of the way and all that i i think it'll be a lot of fun i'm i'm excited for it so are you gonna do it when you go yep oh yeah yeah okay cool yeah so so i i i told my son and i guess you know for for anyone that hasn't figured it out yet, I'm a big gamer. Um, if you saw my my extra life uh, stream last week, so um, as a big gamer, Wreck It Ralph is right up my alley. So I definitely want to do this. I I love Wreck It Ralph because of how how they've kind of portrayed the video game world. So so yeah, I will be doing this. I told my son that, but he still said to me afterwards, he's like, "Well, we got to do the Star Wars one again too." So we're actually going to do. You do both of them? Yes. That's okay. So, it's Disney, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, it, it's just fine. don't matter at Disney. I mean, right. you know, it's, you got to do everything. Um, yeah. No, I, I think this is cool. Uh, I definitely want to, I'm hoping it's still around when I go in October because uh, I, I think it'll be really fun to do. I do wonder, are you going to be playing as a specific character or because you're, I mean, obviously you're with Vanellope and Wreck It Ralph. Right. But. Are you yourself a, a specific character? Like, if you look at your, like, are they referring to you in a certain way or something like that? You know what I mean? You know, I, I get the feeling j- just from what I've seen at the trailers is that there, so there's the video game characters, but then there's the internet characters, which is, you know, that like when they go into the yes. internet, there's like yeah. these, these characters that they, they're not of a specific series or anything. They're just identified as, you know, being in the internet. I get the feeling that that's how you're going to look is that, you know, it'll kind of like how in uh, the star Wars one, they make you look like a stormtrooper. Is that you'll look like, you know, you'll look like a generic internet character, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that kind of makes sense. I I was just wondering what way they were going to go with that. Not that I thought they were going to make us like 
Although I think it'd be kind of fun to be like Ralph or, or Vanellope. I think that'd be kind of fun, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, the thing is, is it's up to four players. So I don't know how, or yeah, so you Ralph couldn't do Malibu. it that way. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah. two people want to want to be Ralph and that would make things weird. Yeah. And then I guess Felix isn't in this one. So, but I guess it, if you're going to do proper four player, cause even, um, for, for anyone that's watched the original record, Ralph, they kind of alluded to four player games or the old four player oh, yeah. arcade games at the end in the credits where they had Ralph Vanellope, um, fix it, Felix. And then, um, what is the sergeant? Oh yeah, I don't remember her name, but Calhoun. I think it's Calhoun. That sounds right. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, so so it was like the four of them. So yeah, yeah, you know, you maybe could do that. yeah, you, yeah, you could do you know those four characters. So I I'm gonna assume that Fix Fix of Felix is gonna have a uh, cameo at least in this VR experience. Like I, I feel like he's gonna be there somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I get the feeling there'll be a lot of you know. Uh, the, I, I can't see them not, you know, pulling a bunch of stuff from a both bunch of, of the characters, movies, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. got to be a bunch of characters in there. Yeah, or maybe maybe this is a reason to bring back King Candy or something, right? Like, well, <laughs> I, I mean, and truthfully, you know, based on the trailers that we've seen from this, they there's a lot of Disney type characters in this too. Yeah, um, you know, because they they do that uh, that that whole segment where they go to like the Disney, oh, Disney. part <laughs> of the internet. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. what's to say that some of those characters couldn't show up too? Yeah, so I, who knows? I don't know how I feel about uh, Cinderella threatening me with a broken glass slipper, though. I mean, I think that'd be kind of cool to happen. <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I yeah. think that'd be, you know. you're right. I, I would love that. <laughs> I just lo- I love that the trailer. She just smashes the shoe, and she like yeah, that's hilarious. I, yeah. I can't believe they they're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like someone just animated that and was like, uh, "Hey, we want to do this." Like after they animated it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, a, or or maybe it was a, you know they they knew they would never fly and then somebody was like yeah this is good really yeah, <laughs> yeah really it's a, oh okay it's okay yeah. some dude was trying to actually get fired and put that in there and then they were like oh no this is pretty cool it's like oh man <laughs> anyway yeah um, so yeah no I I, I just uh, I I think it sounds cool I'm excited that you're gonna get to do it uh, that that should be cool to hear how that goes so yeah I'll I will have a full review for you guys don't worry. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this this uh, next thing we have here, too. Yeah, more um, technology. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this is what happens when you have a Tom and Trevor show. We like to talk about this this type of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. Disney's developing technology to allow, allow guests to wear uh, augmented reality costumes. So for those that aren't familiar with uh, what augmented reality is, it's... Um, I don't know. How would you describe it, Trevor? It's, it's kind of so like... Yeah. It, it's, um, it's like... A technology overlay on like Reality. a real life picture, yeah. So, yeah. so, so I, I guess think of it like um, actually a good example is Snapchat filters. Yeah, right. That's you know a how they get example, like the yeah. faces and and stuff is that that's actually a version of augmented reality. Yeah, and so what this yeah. would do is this would allow guests to see themselves wearing an outfit um, based on their favorite princess, a Jedi, an Avenger, uh, instantaneously. So. In my mind, obviously, this is like the next step of magic shots, right? So those of you who have done photo pass, this is like the magic shot of the future, right? You know, you go to Star Wars land and it's like, well, I want to look like a stormtrooper or whatever. And then, you know, although they'd probably have to do it with the helmet off because otherwise, what's the point of taking the picture if you're just in a full stormtrooper outfit, right? Um, But and I guess you couldn't really be Chewbacca, could you? That would be kind of tough. But regardless... I, I'm sure again, kind of like how Snapchat filters work, is it could be like a 
weirdly distorted version of your face or something. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. you could do that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think this is interesting. I, I definitely see this being a technology that they're going to use because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this would be uh, I, this would be huge in the parks, right? I mean, this would be really cool if yeah. they could do this because so many people would want to wear like Avenger outfits or or any of the Star Wars, and you know, a lot of a lot of people would want to do the princesses. I mean, that there is so much opportunity for this. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is that so? So I guess the the way to look at this, or, or I, I guess the way I'm thinking of how this would be implemented, is that um, I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before, but there there's a technology called glyph tracking, and it's actually something that's used, or they, they use a version of it actually with the uh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game. So. If you look at the cards in Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, each card around the border has it has symbols on it. And so when you show your card to to the game when you're playing uh, or when you use your different uh, card attacks, it's actually looking for that symbol on the card to determine what it's supposed to do. I feel that this would work in a similar way is that you would have clothing that would have a particular design on it and then and then um, whatever camera they're using that would read uh, or that they would be using to take these photos or whatever, it would read that design and then use that to create um, whatever the overlay would look like on, Hmm. on yourself. So either, you know, yeah, Captain America or Iron Man or whatever. So now that I'm thinking about this too, this could be, there could be some ride applications for this too. Uh, Cause if you look at, I don't know what, I don't. I, I. I have no idea how they do the thing at the end of the haunted mansion where the the hitchhiking ghosts are messing around with you. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they could make it even better using this technology, make you look more like a ghost because right now you're just kind of a weird reflection. And um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because right? that's that's facial recognition that they're using exactly. On that. But yeah, yeah it's it, it's a si- similar principle. So yeah, ex- or or you know, I'm thinking of the new Minnie and Mickey Mickey's Railway. Um, what if at the end of that ride, you know, every time you maybe there's a reflection you see of yourself and you're a cartoon character. Oh yeah, I don't know how cool yeah. would that be. Yeah, actually, right. Actually, yeah, that's interesting. Is yeah, I guess uh, on on ride. So so like you know, there, there's one thing of getting the picture as yeah. you're you know at the end of the ride. It's like oh yeah, you know, I got a picture. You know, they put you know somebody else in it. But yeah, I guess you know, imagine you come around a corner and there's like a mirror there. But then on the mirror, again, like you said, exactly. the haunted mansion, but. But yeah, you get you get an overlay of you know something relating to the ride. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be a neat use of mm-hmm. this technology. So, all right, well, this is cool. I, I think it's a I think it's a neat idea. I'm I'm hoping that they use it for something soon. Every time yeah. they come out with one of these new patents or technology that they're working on, I'm always assuming that it has to do with Star Wars Land. That's maybe just you know, <laughs> I'm just always assuming it has something to do with Star Wars Land because it just seems like they're doing all sorts of crazy new stuff there. So do you, do you think the? I, I guess this is something that could be used in the hotel, right? The, the Star oh, yeah, Wars hotel, right? right? Yeah, like, for sure. Because yeah, they could have photo ops and stuff, or you know, it shows you as I don't even. Well, actually, yeah, they even say it right in the in the description. You know, you could be your favorite princess Jedi or Avenger. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a million applications for this one. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things they could do with it. So, I put something in here that we have not done in many episodes. And that's a that's a resort speed round. 
We have not done one of those. A resort speed round. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, I it's said a resort. Round, yeah. Well, because yeah. <laughs> usually we just do Disney World, but there's a couple Disneyland ones in here, which is a good thing Damon's on here because he wouldn't care. Right. So, um, but, you know, we've, we've got both in this one. In fact, they're equally out there. So um, I, I don't know if you do you want to go first with this or do you want me to go first? Uh, I feel yeah, like I'll, I always go first. I'll go but. first because then then we'll because you, you usually take a little bit longer than the minute. So, you know, what? it's because uh, I'm always going first, though. That's why. And I'm yeah, explaining so, all of them. So. All right. Do Well, do we want because last time didn't we agree that we would explain them first and then we would do the speed round? OK. Yeah. Or, that's fine. or do, do you want me or do you want me to explain them? I mean, let's 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 explain them first and then okay. we can do the speed round. Yeah. OK. So we, we got producing four... the show while we're on the show. I really exactly. Like doing that. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. You read a. You read a. I'll do B. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So so the first one is uh, new entrance for Hollywood Studios. The film strip entrance now is for cast members and and the buses have been removed. Or sorry, so, like, the film strip's been removed from the that entrance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right. <laughs> so yeah, there's a new entrance to Hollywood Studios, and they've taken down the all the stuff from the old entrance. Okay. Yeah. So all right, that makes sense. Okay. So and then the next one, more Wreck It Ralph news. So Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope will uh, a meet and greet is coming to the Imagination Pavilion in a previously unused space. They're going to be building a portal uh, to meet them. Okay. So portal and, to the internet. Okay. So and the third one is. Uh, a Luxo Jr. animatronic debuts at the entrance of Pixar Pier in California Adventure. For those that don't know what Luxo Jr. is, it's the lamp at the beginning of every Pixar movie that jumps on the ball. Yep, exactly right. And uh, the last one here is Rosita from the Enchanted Tiki Room will now be entertaining guests at the new tropical hideaway food and beverage area at Disneyland that they're currently building. So there's going to be uh, an animatronic at that uh, little eat, eating area that will be entertaining guests and interacting with them. Okay. All right. All so right. let's, let's do this, Trevor. I, I'm going to time you for a minute. Okay. Uh, starting yep. now? Yep. Okay. All right. New entrance for Hollywood Studios. Um, I'm... I'm a little sad that they uh, took everything down because I, I like that Hollywood Studios and California Adventure were kind of mirrored, but I'll have to wait and see what the new entrance looks like. I hope that they keep a lot of those design aspects intact from the uh, from the previous entrance. Same look. Okay, so so that's good. Um, so then really non-issue. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope, I've already told my family that I'm going to line up to meet this. I am surprised, though, that they're showing up in the Imagination Pavilion because I thought they would actually be with the other character meet and greets in Epcot. But um, yeah, I am super stoked for this. I can't wait to go and see them. Luxo Jr. at Pixar Pier. Very interesting that they chose to put uh, Luxo in there. Um, kind of a... You don't really think about Luxo as a... Uh, um, as a feature, but I'm glad that they are acknowledging that. And Rosita at the Enchanted Tiki Room is—I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, you're over a minute, so you know. It's, yeah, it's okay. I know it's, it's, it's it is hard. Um, but yeah, Rosita, I like—I mean, she's one of the parrots in in the whole show, and I guess that's cool. You know, she'll be talking to everybody. I—I'm expecting it'll be more of a Trader Sam kind of thing. So yeah. Um, wait to see on that one <laughs> no i i well i guess i'll do my part and say i'll say all my things all so, right go all right <laughs> so new entrance for hollywood studios don't really care I'm not gonna lie i'm not pu- pulling a daemon here I, you know they just moved the entrance and 
you know, I, I'm not nostalgic for entrances, um, but I understand why people are attached to it. You know, it's the way they've been going into Hollywood studios for years and, and they're sad that that whole film strip, you know, strip entrance is gone now because they were updating it when new things came out and things like that. So not too, too sad about that, but uh, it is cool that there's a new entrance and that there's going to be a new way for everybody to get in. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope meet and greet. They are going to be at Interventions first, um, just because of space uh, and while they're building this portal. So uh, I I think it's interesting they're putting in the Imagination Pavilion. I knew that there was unused space there, but I didn't know that there was enough for a meet and greet. Uh, I also do think it's kind of strange that it's there. It just doesn't feel like it fits to me. But uh, I'm glad they're doing a meet and greet. I think these meet and greets are great, and I I definitely want to do it. Uh, Luxo Jr. animatronic. I think it's super cool. If you haven't watched the video of it, you need to because it looks, it's real. I mean, it's it's like it's basically like the Pixar opening came to life. It's the coolest thing ever. Go watch the video, Google it, look at YouTube. It's there. Rosita uh, and Enchanted Tiki Room. Huge fan of this. What? Sorry, you're you're so far over a minute. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's still faster than we normally talk about things. Yeah. So, but I think this. I think it's cool. Actually, I I like the idea of just animatronics like out in the wild just kind of interacting with people i've always been a fan of that and i i think it's kind of cool that you could just be sitting there and rosita would start talking to you or and i mean there there was a patent we talked about a while ago that disney had filed that was like an ai patent for um being able to sense people's emotions like the Mm -hmm. um the animatronics being able to you know kind of sense something on somebody's face and react accordingly uh I wonder if the if it's going to be that interactive or if it's just going to be like Mr. Potato Head sitting there cracking jokes while you're waiting in line. I don't know, but either way, I like it. I I'm always for more animatronics, not less. I I hope actually it'll be like Roz in the uh, Monsters Inc. ride in in Disneyland because she uh, <laughs> doesn't uh, she like insult people as they're going by. Yeah, she she's very it's very you know deadpan. Yeah, dry yeah. like like but it, it's funny because it like the the responses are very tailored to every person that comes by right so gotcha okay yeah it's it's well i, I don't want to ruin the magic on that i'm assuming there's a there's a human somewhere involved with that i have no idea i've never figured that one out <laughs> I, there's got to be a human there somewhere that's that's like doing i mean i don't know uh, I yep. mean, I, I, that's what my assumption would be, but I, that's the, I, I, I've always wanted to check that out. Uh, it seems like a cool ride, so yeah, you, you need to get over to the West Coast at some point. Yeah, but, one of yeah. these days when I don't right. have a six-month-old anymore. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you will. I, I know you will. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> you no, know, it's trust me. Yeah. It's a, it's a, so, it's definitely a huge goal. So so speaking of the West Coast, why don't we talk about our rumor? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, or, do you mind if I? Yeah, do it up. You're the Disneyland guy, so... Yeah, so um, the rumor is that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming to Disneyland. So um, the same one that is going into Hollywood Studios, there is a uh, project, uh, supposedly... So this is all coming from WDW News today. Um, The rumor is that there is a project called Marceline West. The original name for Mickey's Runaway Railway was Marceline. So... So it sounds as though they're taking that and they're mirroring it over in Disneyland. As far as the location of it goes, it sounds as though they're planning to put it somewhere in Toontown, which um, the first thing is they're not taking out Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. I know everybody's thinking that. They're not taking it out, so that's safe. Um, They're actually planning. I think the plan is is that they're going to put it a little bit further into Toontown, possibly taking out the gag factory area, which is kind of sad because I like that area. It was a fun, you know... 
there's lots of cool little interactive things in there, but it sounds like this may replace that. So yeah. it's, um, I think it's great. I'm, I'm glad that they're bringing it there because I mean, this, this is kind of, I think this is going to be a flagship ride at the end of the day. Like it's Mickey, right? Like it's Mickey's ride where like, well, and how, I, how could I, it not be popular? <laughs> I mean, and it sounds like it's actually in a way more appropriate place at Disneyland yeah. than it is in Disney world. Right. Yeah, it's it's literally right down right down the street from Mickey and Minnie's house. So, it makes why not perfect put sense. It there? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do wonder if they're going to do the same storyline with it, or if they're ta- they'll tailor it a little bit more to like a, to Disneyland or the fact that you're in Toontown. You know, maybe there'll be a mm-hmm. scene, and since you're already in Toontown, maybe you'll start off in Toontown in the in the ride or something like that. I don't know. I actually yeah. hope that they do work Roger Rabbit back into it, like the that version of Toontown, because that's really where like. Toontown came up around the same time as Roger Rabbit. And that's, I believe that's kind of why Toontown was built was, Mm. you know, they were, they were kind of pulling that out of the movie and making it into, you know, its own land. And, you know, it's very kid oriented and there's stuff from Chippendale rescue Rangers in there and and stuff like people, a lot of people don't even know who gadget is, which is a crime, but I mean, that aside, (laughs) uh, um, yeah, I, when I first read that, my first thought was inspector gadget. So, yeah, it, but <laughs> that was so, my first thought. I, I just yeah, yeah. Gadget's Go Coaster though is yeah, yeah. For for those that are wondering, Gadget was um, Chippendale's friend in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. She was the mechanic that fixed everything up. She has her own roller coaster in Disneyland, which actually is pretty much the same as the Barnstormer in Disney World. If you've been to Mickey's Toontown Fair, there you go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'd kind of hope that, yeah, like you said, that I, I, I think it would be cool if they kind of did some, you know, some interesting twist where, because, you know, Roger Rabbit is literally next door to the ride yeah. is, you know, why not kind of pull that into it? Right. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be nice to have a different take on it if they were going to make the, I also think this, by the way, this, this says to me that even though the ride's not open yet, that Disney feels really confident that this ride's going to be a hit. Because right, I mean, there's yeah. no, they would not just go and make another one already. I mean, if you look at all the rides that have been copied across, you know, between Disneyland, Disney World, or any of the other parks, you know, there's there's very few that are like oh whatever rides. Most of them are are you know the big time attractions. So I, I would think you know I just would think that the, this means that they have a lot of confidence in what this ride's going to be. Well, so I, I guess my take on this is you know you would have to do a really 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 bad ride like it like it's mickey mouse like i i know for me it's like you know just the fact that it's you know mickey and Minnie, and and, and i know people don't necessarily like the new disney shorts style i actually animation style yeah Yeah, I, i i do enjoy them and again just the fact that this is a mickey mouse ride and this is the first like i mean we're we're like Disneyland is already past 60 years old and we're now just getting a Mickey Mouse ride. Like, I mean, there's going to be an animatronic mini yeah. Mickey. I mean, the, how exciting is that? Yeah. And I mean, just there, there hasn't, no, there hasn't been another ride centered around. No, there hasn't Mickey and Minnie. Is there? Um, no, I think this is the first one. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm thinking about that. That's crazy when you think about it. like they. It they is got, really crazy. They got 60 years into it, and like Mickey Mouse has been like, like the biggest thing. Like I mean, he, I know he's been present in the parks as a character and everything, but like this is the first time he's gotten a ride, which is 
I mean, that's that's crazy. So I almost <laughs> feel like it was one of those things where yeah, it almost reminds me of uh, I, I don't know how many people out there still saving Mr. Banks, but it was the first time that Disney kind of endorsed having Walt Disney um, portrayed on the on, on film. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's one of those same t- kind of things where they're like, we needed, we didn't want to do, we had to find the right thing for him. Like you don't want to, you don't want to have a, a Mickey ride that's not very good, right? Because that's, that's true, right? So like they had to find the right vehicle, so to speak, for this. Um, yeah, you <laughs> know. runaway train. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Course. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. think I almost feel like they maybe had this idea like many years ago and just didn't have the technology to do it yet. You know, because that's a lot of times when these things happen. I mean, like that's that's kind of what happened with um, uh, with Space Mountain, and I think Test Track too, where they had these ideas ahead of time, and they just didn't have the technology yet to get them done. So, uh, yeah. So I don't I, know. I was actually thinking of the Hatbox Ghost, but um, oh, well, yeah, that's actually a great example. Yeah, yeah. that's a great <laughs> example. That's a perfect yeah. example because they tried to do it and they failed miserably, and then they were like, okay, and, well, and then yeah, for we'll years wait. and years, everybody was wondering where the Hatbox Ghost was, and now it's in Disneyland. I wish it would come to Disney World. It, it would be that'd be nice. It'd be awesome. I do like that they keep some things exclusive to each park, though. Too that's true because actually the uh, the um, the stair room doesn't exist in Disneyland either. So yeah, I guess that's a fair trade. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is interesting. And by the way, I, I, I will point out that WDW News Today has a really good track record of this. They do have sources inside, inside Disney, and they are reporting this as news. And, and we're just reporting it as a rumor because, you know, it's not confirmed by Disney. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I do trust these guys as well. But it's, yeah, until Disney officially announces it, it this is... It's Still always rumor. rumor. Yeah, yeah, it's always rumor as far as we're concerned until Disney says anything, even though they're reporting this as news. But, um, you know, we like I said, they have really good sources over there. They're very rarely wrong. So I, I, I could see this happening. So, And, yeah, the, the, this is not out in left field at all for me. <laughs> no, no, it makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap this thing up? I think we had a good full show today. Yeah. All right. So um, for anyone that wants to send us more comments, more, you know, reader stuff that more stuff that for us to talk about because you know this yeah. is a show about talking so send us an email at welcome home podcast at gmail.com um i'm gonna delete this thing about the website <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's become a running joke but, oh man i like i like pretending we, like we have a functioning website though yeah. i think it's good you know, just sending people you know to a one website day we're, we're we're gonna update this website and it's gonna be like amazing i don't it's know it's gonna be the best website yeah. that's ever existed yeah and and you know yeah one day one day welcomehomepodcast.com will be amazing guys but if you want to go look yep. at it now you can do that too if you want to um, look at it and laugh at us you're more than welcome to do that yeah we'll we'll laugh along with you yep and uh and as usual you know we we want the questions we want to hear your comments we want to hear you know we want to hear your feedback uh, so you know you can reach out to us um again through email we're we're on facebook as well you can find us as uh Welcome Home Podcast on Facebook. Um, Twitter and Instagram, not so much. We do get stuff gets posted there from Facebook, but we don't actively go and monitor Twitter and Instagram. So you can find us, um, Welcome Home Pod on Twitter, Welcome Home Picks on Instagram. Um, when we do happen to go on trips, you know, you will see pictures and stuff pop up on there. So if you want to follow it for those reasons, that's a good reason. Um, so yeah, reviews on iTunes or any other service. So, so on, uh, on Android, you know, we, we like the reviews because again, you know, that just, that helps more people see us because, you know, if, if you guys are giving us the reviews and, and, you know, we don't expect, you know, great reviews. If you guys have 
um, critique, we do like to hear that as well. So, you know, we, we do like the feedback. And we, um, we would appreciate you tell us before you give us a one star review why we stink so yeah. we can fix it. Uh, and then and then you could give us a review. But, you know, do review with your heart, people. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'll also just I'll take a quick moment here to do a follow up for uh, Extra Life. So um, so last week I did my 24 hour marathon for Extra Life. Um, myself and my brother, we raised about eight hundred dollars, which we didn't meet our our goal, but, um, that's okay. I actually set my goal higher this year than I did previous years, but, um, total for all, all of the people who participated in extra life, we, for that one day, we made $8.8 million for children's hospitals around the world. So we're really proud of that. I thank everybody that, you know, watched the stream for everybody that can, uh, contributed. Um, you can, if you look on Facebook, you can find my. Uh, I, I made a post about it on there. Um, you can check my donation page if uh, I've left it open for now, so people can still go there and donate if you if you feel you want to. But um, again, thank you everybody for your your um, donations on that. It's super appreciated, and like from me and my family, it was uh, it was a good event, and uh, we had a lot of fun. And it's great. Yeah. Sounds like a great event. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was successful, and, and thank you, thank you to all uh, who watched him or contributed or you know anything you did. We appreciate that. So, uh, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast, so you can be re- reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any place you can find podcasts. We are there, so you know, download a podcast app, search for Welcome Home, you will find us. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on this show are our own. So please consult a DVC representative, somebody from DVC Resale Market, cast members for more information. Um, I also want to throw this out there to a friend of the show, um, Chad. You probably heard him on a previous episode. Chad does a podcast called My DVC Points, um, and he's put out recently uh an episode where he interviewed me and then we also did another show uh where we uh did some armchair imagineering that i was making fun of earlier uh on on a dv a dream dvc <laughs> resort so go ahead and, yeah i know i made fun of that and immediately you got me on that uh, the, <laughs> but so go check out his podcast my dvc points uh you know he he's got a couple episodes out there um, that have uh, me on it. So, you know, if you want, if you like me, if you're one of the two or three people that listen to the show that actually enjoy me, as opposed to Trevor and Damon, uh, go ahead and go check me out. And uh, one of these days we'll get Trevor and Damon on that show too. So, um, yeah. big thank you to DVC Resale Market for, for sponsoring and supporting this episode. Make sure you join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal in the jungle signing off from welcome home podcast on the dvc when we hit a chair how she can cuddle is no man's affair i looked around from pole to pole found her in a sugar bowl